Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We would love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit our website at www.lifechurchofrichmond.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Bullies, but God surrounds you. It's a di- totally different story. Hallelujah. He protects you. Hallelujah. I pray over my family all the time. God, put your hand over my family, God. Your unseen hand over my family all the time and protect us. And you know what? It happens every day, every day. Praise God. Help us sing this song. Let's all raise our hands and and worship to God. Hallelujah. Come on, because this is how we fight our battles. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is an easy song. It's real easy. It goes like this. This is how I fight my battles. That's all you got to say. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Come on, say it again. Say it again. This is how I fight my battles. Come on, just think in your mind. This is how I fight my battles, God. This is how I fight my battles. God does it for me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Sing it again. This is how I fight my battles. Yeah. This is how I fight my battles. All right, the chorus goes like this. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yeah. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Sing it again. This is how I fight my Hallelujah! Woo! It may look like I'm 
no stranger to this church and we're thankful that he's with us today he has blessed us many many times now I want to say this we have not had a revival like the one that we're getting ready to have matter of fact it's not just us churches have tend to they've shied away from these midweek revivals Pastor Suarez could certainly tell you about that and in the past what we've called a revival is just a, a, a Sunday that's designated for revival and that's all well and good but several months ago I was talking to uh, Pastor Suarez and, and uh, we were talking about having a revival, kind of an old school revival. Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Sunday. And I told him it's probably been about 15 years since we've done that. But I felt several months ago, this week, hear me, this week is going to be a divine appointment for some of you that are here. Amen. So, as your pastor, I'm just going to ask you, make whatever sacrifice you have to make. I said it last week. The kids will be all right staying up late, late just a little later than normal, a couple of nights this week. Here's, I'm going to make this promise to you. We're going to start at 7 o'clock. We're going to sing some, have some worship. We're going to take an offering. We're not doing a bunch of announcements. We're not doing a bunch of, a, and by 7.20 or 7.25, we're going to have our evangelist up and let him preach the word so we have plenty of time to hear the word of God. We have plenty of time to respond to the spirit of the Lord. And then you can still get home at a reasonable hour. Amen. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? Most of you stay up till 11, 12 anyway. So you might as well come and get your revival on. Amen. I know I'm excited about it. 
He's had a lot of stuff going on in his life since last time he was here. So I'm going to invite Pastor Tony to come on up. He can tell you all about it. Why don't we welcome Pastor Tony Suarez and his three beautiful children. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. You can be seated. It is wonderful to be back at Life Church and to have three-fifths of my children with me today. And uh, Cole and Zach are still single, and they're still available. And they're both on social media. Michael's single, but we have a contractual agreement. She can't date till she's 40. I gave her a sum of money that holds her off till she's 40, and she's blocked on Instagram right now anyhow. But uh, very, very thankful to have my kids with me. Now you can go sit down. I just want to embarrass you for a second. Now you can go. Amen. 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 Very thankful for them, thankful for you and for what God is doing to see a full house this Sunday. And I'm ready for revival this week. And let me tell you about revival. Let, if, um, if I can speak from a parental perspective for just a moment, and I mean it with all due respect. I have a son who plays travel baseball. I have another son who plays travel soccer. And I have a daughter who is claiming that she's going to be a cheerleader here in, in the next few weeks going to tryouts. And all of those require us sometimes traveling and going out of town and staying up late. And I'm pretty much, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty um, strict about bedtime. At 9.30, they're out. With the help of melatonin or not, they're out at 9.30 because I need, I, need, I need some time for me, you know. So, but the thing is that sometimes all those sports and all those things that we do impede on that wonderful schedule that I like to live. So I say all of that with all, with, I say all of that, and I say it respectfully to say the following. If we make time for baseball and soccer and all those things, which I do, and it's cool. I have nothing against all of that, any of that. Do all of that. But if we make time for all of that, just make time this week for church. Just, this is something, we don't do it every week, but we're doing it this week. So if that means we go to bed 15 minutes later, this is what you said we're starting at 7 o'clock, right? I'll have the pulpit by 725-ish. I don't preach longer than 30 minutes unless I'm nervous. I get nervous, I start rambling. So you help me with that. I'll stay under 30 minutes. God only needs like a minute to change your life. So if all of that happens like that, you still be home before 9 o'clock, I think, okay? I don't know how far you live. And I have friends coming from, I don't how do you, is it Powhatan? Powhatan. Powhatan. That's how you say it in Spanish, Powhatan. No, I'm kidding. In Powhatan, I have friends coming uh, from a church called the Bridge Church, Church of God. In Powhatan, they're going to be coming a few of the days of the revival. And so we'll start at 7. We'll be out of here by 8.30-ish, you know, maybe a little earlier than that. You still get through steak and shake and get home and get to bed at a reasonable time. So make the effort to be here. And I don't, I don't know what night it will happen, but at some point this week there will be a breakthrough. We won't just sing about a breakthrough, but there will be a breakthrough. And next Sunday we'll just have Holy Ghost revival and we'll celebrate everything that God is doing. The last time I stood behind this pulpit, I stood behind this pulpit a single man. Depressed, anguished, melting away, skinny, without spanks. I was just, I was just wilting away. Now I stand before you skinny, but with the help of spanks. I'm just kidding. Get spiritual right now. But last, last March, and ironically, this is so funny, is that it was a year ago today. I was visiting a friend's church. I was preaching. His name is Tony Stewart in Tampa, and it's his wife's birthday. And they're up there 
smooching on the platform and celebrating each other. And they're doing church together, you know, doing ministry together, doing the announcements together. And, you know, here I am, a single man trying to live in holiness. And they're up there smooching and doing all this stuff, on carrying on on the, on the platform. And it just got to me. And I, out loud, I said, I want that. And like, you know, like awkward silence, like, oh, what, like what? Like, huh? I said, that's all I said. And that week, I met a young lady by the name of Gina McCool. And uh, if you, you know, we talked for a few weeks, and I flew out to Tennessee. I did, all, I did if I told you this stuff, I did stupid stuff. I did crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. We don't have time. Anyways, I did crazy stuff on that first day. I went ready. Like, re- like at the first date, I said, I'm going to marry you. She said, you don't know my middle name. I said, can we just be real? I said, we're both about to, well, I can't tell you how old she is, but I said, I'm about to turn 40. Let's, let's just be real right now. When am I ever going to have to know your middle name? Like, does that ever come up? Like, I was like, come on. I, I, don't, I don't need, anyways. But I met her that week. And uh, she said, well, you know, anyways, long story. The point is, I wore her down, I broke her down, and she finally said, okay, fine, I'll marry you. And so I come back to you today, a married man, not with three children, but five children. We're a little Pentecostal Brady Bunch. And for that person over there that said the Brady Bunch had six children, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. There are five and there will be no more by the help of God and a surgeon. There will be no more. There's five and a dog. That's it. That's it. But uh, we went out and uh, went on this date, and we were telling each other's story. And I said, I was married. She said, me too. I said, I lost a spouse to cancer. She said, me too. I said, I have three children. She had two children. We started talking. She had pastored. I had pastored. And we found we had the exact same story. She had been married 10 years ago. Well, had been married for 10 years and lost her spouse to colon cancer. I had lost Jessica to leukemia. And while we were talking about the pain of our past and focusing on everything we had lost, one day our eyes were open that God was doing and doing something in our today while we were talking about our yesterday. God was doing something in our today that was going to change our tomorrow. And so I come back to this pulpit blessed and thankful. And, and I want to thank you because it was three years ago, February the 20th, that we received the news that Jessica had been diagnosed with leukemia and that she had weeks to live. And I had to cancel everything. I had to, I had to cancel everything. I, had to, I, I became um, a single father like that overnight, <clears throat> and I had to cancel everything, and Pastor Buddy and Pastor Robin drove to Virginia Beach to visit Jessica in the hospital, and while we, and they had prayed with Jessica, and while we were there, Pastor Buddy said, he said, you know, I'm, I'm going on a sabbatical of sorts, like I'm, I, I want to take like a month off, is there any chance you could like, as, I mean, I know, you, but is there any chance you'd ever have like a month that you could come preach? I'm like, well, uh, how does... Like next Sunday sound for you. <laughs> and, and Life Church, you just took us in. You took us in and you loved my kids and you loved me. And I don't even know if I preached good back then because I was in the middle of hell on earth. But you just loved me and you loved my kids. And, I'll ne- and you have been with me every step of the way. Pastor Bunny, Pastor Ron, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you all enough. So I come to thank you today for being like my surrogate church family, that when when I needed a place to go, Life Church in Richmond was available and open to me. And so I say that so that you will always be thankful for where God placed you, that God placed you in a wonderful, life-giving, healing church that has been a city of refuge, not just to you, 
but to people like me. So I thank you for that. Would you stand with me one more time for the reading of God's word? And we're going to preach. I have a word from the Lord for you today. And uh, the last time I came here, uh, I don't think Pastor Buddy was a grandfather yet. I saw a baby somewhere. So he's one of like the top three cutest babies on Instagram. So I figured. Amen. First Samuel chapter one, verse nine. I said top three so my kids wouldn't have like emotional issues as I was trying to include them. Then I forgot that I have three. So this top four. So one of them doesn't complain to the counselor this week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'll get spiritual. First Samuel chapter one. Verse 9, it says, So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli, is that what I wanted to read? We're talking about drinking today? That's not. What verse did you put up there? Is that the one about praying? I wanted to read your verse about Hannah praying, not about her getting drunk. There it is. It's in verse 10. I, we, this is such a good Bible-believing church. They want to give you context. So we went back one verse. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and apparently after they had gotten drunk. And then Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul, but she prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this wonderful day and for the things that you're about to do in this house. I ask you to open our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our minds to discern what thus saith the word of the Lord. And I ask that today you would confirm your word with signs, miracles, and wonders that when we leave this place, we'll say, surely we have been in the presence of the Lord. And we ask it in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to preach to you today about not getting drunk like Hannah. My God, I didn't read that part before I put her in the sermon. Some of the earliest childhood memories that I have growing up uh, in my family is of prayer. My family was extremely devoted, almost zealous, if you could say, about prayer. And if you surveyed uh, young people that have been raised in ministers' homes, Uh, in any Christian home, but especially in ministers' homes, they would probably tell you that some of their earliest memories have to do with prayer in their homes. I remember that every evening as a little child, as far back as I can remember, we would gather around my parents' bed and we would pray. And it was a liturgical style kind of prayer because they were teaching us how to pray. So my father would start the prayer and he'd say, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this. And Andrew and I would have to answer, day. Forgive us for our sins. And he, you know, Sins. I mean, you know, we had to, he really wanted to make sure we said the word sins. And so, and there was this back and forth. They were teaching us how to pray. And then my mother would quote Bible verses and she'd begin with Deuteronomy 6, 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your, and we'd have to answer strength. Proverbs 3 and 5. Let not thy mercy and truth forsake thee. Buy them upon thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine. And we'd have to answer heart. And those nightly prayer meetings were teaching Andrew and I another language. We knew a little bit of Spanish. We knew how to speak English, but they were teaching us the language of prayer. They were teaching us the language that can move the heavens and move the earth. And those nightly prayer meetings were a a classroom of sorts on how to communicate and move heaven on our behalf. 
Every day when we would go to school, my mother would pray for us. And it didn't matter if we missed the bus. It didn't matter if we were late to school. We were not allowed to leave home until we prayed with our mom. And, 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 and I mean, there was mornings we were racing, and you'd see the bus, and she said, I don't care because you're not leaving until we pray. And so we would pray every day, and every day we would pray. My mother would end with us having to quote the book of James. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. And I don't know why. Andrew didn't have to do it. I always had to do it. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he has tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted to God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any, any man. And when any man is drawn away by uh, lust and entices, uh, I, uh, well, anyways, the whole point is the whole time she is saying it, she's poking me in the chest. Like, I got a temptation problem. Like, blessed is the man that endured temptation. I'm like, mom, okay, I got it. I go to school, like, fearful, you know, like it ends and it says, you know, when sin is, it says, when, when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved son. I'm like, I'd go to school, like, all day, like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. That was, like, my daily routine. There was like one Christian movie back then called Thief in the Night. And it does not like inspire you. It like scares you to go to heaven. Like you think that at any moment you're going to miss the coming of the Lord. And I, I promise like my mom made sure I watched that thing like once a month. I was always walking around like with a nervous twitch thinking, that, you know, they, anytime I just heard like, a, like somebody, you know, honk the car horn. I'm like, Jesus. I thought I was going to miss the rapture. My mother made sure that we knew how to pray. Now, Cole is a very good baseball player. Very good baseball player. If there's any baseball scouts here, he's a very good baseball player. He'll give you a hometown discount, by the way. Cole goes to play baseball, and my mom comes to visit from Chicago, and she just cheers and hoots and hollers. And you think it's a camp meeting the way my mother goes on. I mean, like, everybody knows we're Pentecostal. And you see my mom, my mom, will, you know, whoo! I mean, like, pull out a shirt like it's a handkerchief at camp meeting and just be cheering cold on. When I played baseball, my mom would pray with me before I'd play baseball. <laughs> She'd come to the dugout. Tony, come here. Come here. She, all right, come on, repeat after me. I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ. The strength of me. Just me. She never has to do that with Cole because Cole go up there and hit the ball. But I'd go up there to bat, and here'd come the ball. She's like, come on, I can do all things. And in my mind, I think, I can do all things. I can do all things. I can do all. I'd go into every situation praying because that's how zealous we were about talking to God. I got into the fourth grade, and there was this teacher. She was known to be the meanest teacher in that elementary school. I won't say her name. When I found out she, I was assigned to her class, I cried. I know you could tell I'm not emotional. I cried. I don't ever get dramatic, but I cried that day. I come home, I'm like, Mom, what am I going to do? I'm going to die. And not because of lust and sin, Mom, I'm going to die. <laughs> and my mom said, let's pray about it. I said, you're right, let's do it. Father, I bind her in the name of Jesus. We cast her into the pits of hell. We, 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 she's under our feet. The devil eats our dust in the name of Jesus. She's like, no, not like that. My 
My mom went all Joel Osteen on us before there was a Joel Osteen. She's like, Father, I thank you for Miss So-and-so. I speak the goodness of the Lord over Miss So. Maybe he got it from my mom. I don't know. But my mother was like a militant prayer warrior, but not this time. I, Father, I just thank you that Tony has favor with so-and-so. Good things are going to happen to Tony this year. This is going to be the best year Tony has ever had in school. I bless this teacher. I bless this classroom. There's not going to be any emotional outburst. She was known for kids. I'm just to tell you, I mean, like, I'm not, like, I promise I'm still not affected. She was known for kicking desks. She was known for walking down the aisles, like, with rulers. It's Chicago. I mean, it wasn't, like, now a social media. She was known to walk down, like, tapping desks with rulers and sometimes hitting people in the, you know. So, like, I was scared for my safety, like, my eyes. I was scared. My, there's not going to be any emotional outbursts this year, and God is going to be good to Tony, and God, you're going to show yourself faithful to Tony. And then she started inviting that lady to my piano recitals. Until I graduated high school, that lady was at every piano recital, every competition I was ever a part of. The fourth grade was my best year in school, which, you know, lets you know how bad high school was for me. But the fourth grade, <laughs> the four, I was in advanced classes. Of, no, fourth grade was a great year. There was no emotional outburst. She didn't yell at anybody. She kick. I don't know what happened after I left the fourth grade, but while I was there, the angels of the Lord with me, with me were with me. It was a great year. And as as silly as a testimony as that might sound to you, it left an imprint on my mind. It left something in me that's still with me thirty plus years later because it showed me that when you pray about something, things begin to change. That the, that 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 prayer isn't just something we're doing to waste our time, but it's true that when you pray, God turns things around. It's true that prayer changes things. This is what I can tell you after everything I've had to live through in my life. I can guarantee you with everything in me, I promise you, I guarantee you that when you pray, God always, always, he always hears your prayer. Always. What I can't promise, and here's the other thing, I, all, I can also promise you that he answers every prayer. What I can't promise you is that he's going to answer your prayer the way you want him to answer the prayer. That I can't promise you, but I can promise you God answers prayer. Prayer changes things. When you pray, you have opened up direct communication with heaven. You're talking directly to God. You've cut out all of the middlemen. You've cut out everything else. And the Bible says that whatsoever you ask, according to his will, in his name, it shall be yours. Because you prayed about it. A little while ago, I took these three kids out to eat. We were at a steakhouse, and everything went wrong. The steak was wrong. The temperature was wrong. The cut was wrong. And I, I, was, I was getting upset. And I know, you again, I'm calm, cool, and collected. You know, I don't like to yell. But, my God, it was wrong. And I asked the waiter to talk to his manager, and the manager came out. I said, does this look like the right steak to you? He said, looks pretty good to me. I'm thinking, oh, God, help me, Jesus. I plead the blood of the lamb over my life right now. I was practicing my breathing and my yoga. And I mean, I was about to lose it. Everything was going wrong. They're getting embarrassed. Cole's laughing because he thinks we're about to be, like, put on social media because I'm going to lose it. And finally, the general manager of the restaurant comes out. And I told him everything. I, started, I said, you know what? I said, I hope you have a minute. And I started telling him this and that. And this went wrong. And this went. And he cut me off in the middle of the complaint. He said, sir, why didn't you ask for me? He said, you've been talking to the wrong people. If you would have just found me, if you would have talked to me, we could have fixed this a long time ago. And I sat back in my booth and I said, my God in heaven, 
is that not the story of my life? Going to the wrong people, complaining to the wrong people. Is that not the story of my life? I get sick and I go to WebMD. I got, I got questions in my life and I go to Google. Things going on, I don't know the directions, and I go to Siri. I have been with Siri since iPhone 4, and that girl still doesn't understand the things that I am saying to her. I will talk to her, and she's like, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm like, girl, how long have we been together? Man, I have switched her to the American accent, the British accent, the Australian accent. I even, don't judge me, one time I went to a man's accent because I'm like, well, maybe I got to speak man to man. She still don't understand me. But I sat in that booth and I thought, my God, this is my life. Something goes wrong and I run to social media and I ask everyone else and I talk to everyone else. I go to WebMD because something's hurting in my leg and it doesn't matter what I put in WebMD. Every time I write something, it says, you might be dying, go to the hospital right now. It doesn't matter what's wrong with me. And after I go to everything else, I usually go to God in prayer and him being a gentleman you know, he knocks at the door. The only thing he ever kicked over was the tables of the rich people in the church. He never, he, he, the Bible says he knocks at the door. He's a gentleman. He doesn't kick doors down. He knocks and waits. And it's after I've gone to everything, it's almost as if God is talking to me like that general manager of that restaurant saying, now, Tony, you have gone here, here, here. You have complained about this. You've written bad reviews. But when were you going to come to me? Because if you would have come to me first, Matthew, Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to thee. If I would have just gone to God first, I could have avoided a lot of drama in my life. Now, I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about my life. So it's time, it's time to start cutting out the middleman and the middle woman and go directly to the giver of life, to the one that has the answers. And then your testimony will be, I turn to prayer and prayer turned things around. There is power in prayer. We were, when, when Cole was five years old, we went, to, we went to Disney World for the very first time. Took those three kids, saved up all my money. We went to Disney World. We're getting ready to get on Motor Speedway, and it starts raining. And every raindrop, I saw another dollar bill just floating. There was guys at Disney selling cotton candy when the rain came. They flipped those umbrellas around. They flipped the cotton candy, and it turned into umbrellas. They're like, umbrellas, $30, $30. $30. Used to be cotton candy. Now it's an umbrella, $30. And every time a drop of rain fell, I just saw money going down the drain at McDonald's. Not McDonald's. Well, McDonald's too, but at Disney World. And we're waiting, and they're shutting down the rides, and Cole looks at me, five years old, he says, Daddy, what are we going to do? And I'm, I'm not like, I'm not spiritual right then, okay? I'm a little frustrated. I said, I don't know, pray about it. Not like, my son, let us pray and believe the Lord shall answer thee. It's more like, pray about it, leave me alone. Well, thank God I prayed a few times, and he saw me. Because right there in Disney World, not to embarrass him, but he did it. It's real. Right there in Disney World, he said, Lord Jesus, I speak favor over my vacation. Right in E flat. I speak favor over my vacation. He said, the rain is messing it up. And in the name of Jesus, I, I command the rain to stop. And before God, ladies and gentlemen of this jury, before God, when he said it, a cold gust of wind blew through the magic kingdom, and the rain stopped. 
Now, I want to tell you that I stood on the other side as the prophet of the Lord and said, See, my son, when thou prayest, my father in heaven answer thee. I did. I fumble. I'm like, baby, come here. Pray, pray for daddy's wallet. Pray for daddy's wallet right now. Pray for daddy. Pray for daddy. I'm going to give him a complimentary fall right there in Magic Kingdom. But I saw him. And you know what it did to that little boy? He was convinced from that day forward. He was convinced that when he prays, he controls the weather patterns. On the days that he has to pitch and there's clouds in the sky, he's like, daddy, I got this one. Hold up. Don't worry. He's like, Lord Jesus, I'm pitching today. This is a big tournament. I command the rain to stop in the name of Jesus. He's going to turn 14 years old this, this year. And up until now, I've never told him that. I'm not really sure if he can control the weather patterns. Because I want that boy to have childlike faith and to believe that when he goes before God and prays, I want him to still believe that when he prays, God changes things. Do you remember when you first got saved and you were so bold in your faith that you would ask God to bless your money? and then you would look and look for that financial blessing. Do you remember when you would pray about that marriage and ask God to bless that marriage? I'm here to tell you today that it's 2019, but after all these years, when you pray, God hears you and he answers from heaven. And here's the word of the Lord. There's some things that you are complaining about, debating about. you got things brewing in your mind, but that's not the answer. The answer is you need to take that complaint and turn it into a prayer. You need to take that thought and turn it into a prayer because God answers prayer. The Bible says that there's a man named Joshua who's in the middle of a fight. He's in the middle of the battle, and the sun begins to set, and he needed more sunlight so he could keep fighting. So he did something crazy. He did something radical. He prayed, and he said, God, I want that sun to stand still. Now, for the analytical people in the room, you know that that makes no scientifically, that makes no scientific, uh, it, it, it makes no sense scientifically. It makes no sense. But God wasn't analyzing his prayer because God doesn't try to analyze you. God tries to bless you and to answer you. And so Joshua said, I need the sun to stand still. And God said, if he's bold enough to pray that, then I'm God enough to do it. And God did it just because Joshua asked him to do it. And God told me to tell you that there are some Joshuas at Life Church that need to get bold enough and radical enough to pray for that big thing, that crazy thing that you've been asking for and believe. You need to pray about it. And God said, if you'll Pray about it. I'll answer you and I'll show you that when you pray in my name, I'll do anything that you need. Give God praise today. First Samuel chapter 1 tells the story of the birth of one of the greatest prophets in the Bible named Samuel. And you read the opening narrative of his life. It says there's this man named Elkanah who lives in Ramah in the region of Zuphah. In the hill country of Ephraim, he's the son. He's the son. He's got and and he's got two wives. I'm about to preach, prove to you why we don't like believing like you know two wives anymore. He's got two wives. <laughs> Hannah and Penina. Penina has lots of kids. Hannah, no niños, no children. Panina thinks she's big and bad walking around with all her babies. Hannah feels like she has nothing because she has no babies. So Panina lives her life taunting Hannah for why Hannah doesn't for what Hannah doesn't have. Now you understand like why just stick to one. 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 We're oneness, okay? Oneness, 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 okay? So Panina makes mockery all the time. She flaunts her blessing. Don't you hate people always flaunting their blessing in front of you? 
Okay, that's another sermon, that's another sermon. And the Bible says that every year they'd go to Shiloh to celebrate the goodness of the Lord. And Panina would walk in with all her kids. Come on, babies. And Hannah just have to, you know, walk in with nothing. And based on what they had, Panina was given one measure of blessing. And Hannah, based on what she didn't have, was given another portion of blessing. I am preaching today in Life Church to the Hannahs that are in the room. I am here on assignment to preach to the Hannahs. The, Ham, the Hannahs are the ones that are barren. You don't have what others have. And you've lived through mockery and ridicule. And at times you've even been ashamed because Hannah lived through shame. She lived through ridicule. And the Bible says that each year it was the same. There was taunting and there was ridicule. And each time Hannah would be reduced to tears, she would be reduced to bitterness, and she wouldn't even eat. I'm talking to the Hannahs that have come to Life Church year after year, month after month, and you've watched everyone else get blessed. You've seen everyone else come in with their blessing and their new cars and their new houses and their jobs and their increase and their raises. You've seen them come in with their new husbands. Hopefully it's the first one. You've seen them come in with blessing. You've seen them come in with children. You've seen them buy that new house with the white picket fence and their, their life looks like leave it to beaver in 2019. And you've seen everyone else go from glory to glory and you're just stuck at two. Like you don't even remember glory and you don't see glory. You're just stuck at two. You're stuck in the middle of a rut and you see nothing. And year after year, season after season, it's the same. That's where Hannah was. She watches everyone else get blessed. She watches everyone else see the promise of the Lord fulfilled in their life. She sees everyone else sacrificing because the goodness of the Lord. And she doesn't stop believing. She doesn't stop going, but she never receives. And she is reduced to tears. And to make it worse, Elkanah comes along. Here's a little marriage seminar for you right now. Elkanah comes along and he says, boo, why aren't you eating? And when she tells him why, he says, why are you downhearted? Why are you sad? You have me? Aren't I enough? And every wife here, you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. You, you everything I need. You everything. I don't need nothing else but you. No, boo. Or bae, whatever. I don't know who's who. I'm trying to be cool. Right, Cole? Yeah, okay. Be careful. You know to be careful with the paninas in your life. Everybody has paninas in their life. Paninas are those that ridicule you, mock you, try to bring you down. They're the ones that always remind you what you don't have what you haven't possessed, what you're incapable of according to them. Everyone has paninas, but let me tell you about someone else you need to be careful with in your life, and everyone has them. You need to be careful with the Elkanas in your life. <clears throat> Elkanas are well-meaning people. They're people that love you, and you love them. They're well-intentioned. They mean nothing ill, but they just don't get it. Elkanas are the people that will try to talk you out of believing what you're believing God for. Elkanahs are the people that love you, but they say, you got to simmer that faith down. Like, you need to bring it down to a, a realistic level. Like, like, baby, like, like, you know, just be happy with what you have. The Elkanah is the one that will walk up to you at the funeral and rub your back and say, God's got someone else. 
The Elkanah is the one that you, you'll lose a job and they'll be like, well, at least, at least there's food stamps. Elkanah is the one that never understands what you're believing God. And you got to be careful with the Elkanahs. You got to be careful with the Elkanahs because if you talk too much to the Elkanahs, the Elkanahs will talk you out of what could be yours if you stop if you don't stop praying and you don't stop believing. So you got to be careful with the Paninas, but you got to be careful with the Elkanahs. And just think, just humor it for a moment. Think about this for a moment. If she gives heed to Elkanah, if she hears him, just think about that. If she, if she says, you know what, boo, you're right, you're everything. I don't need anything else. Just think about that. If, if she does that, there's no Samuel. There's no one to hear God's voice to interpret it to Eli. There's no one to lift up their voice for the people of Israel to recover the Ark of the Covenant when it's lost. There's no one to anoint Saul. There's no one to anoint David. The history of Israel would have changed if she would have stopped praying. But one praying woman said, I'm not going to let Penina deter me, and I'm not going to let Elkanah deter me. I'm not going to let your mockery and your ridicule of what I believe to be right, I'm not going to let your mockery stop me, and I'm not going to let your lack of faith stop me either. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing because there's one thing I know that if I pray, God answers my prayer. And I want to thank God that she didn't let one voice deter her faith because verse 9 changes the narrative of the history of Israel forever. Verse 10, it all changes. It says one time after a sacrificial meal, after crying, after being bitter, after being anguished, Hannah prayed. She cried many times. She was in anguish many times, but one time she prayed. Verse 10, Hannah prayed and she said, answer my prayer and give me a son. Here's the difference between Hannah and us. Because we get anguish like Hannah, we cry like Hannah, we get bitter like Hannah, but Hannah prayed and that's what made the difference. I know that life can hurt you. I know that it can make you sorrowful. I know that it can make you bitter at times. But this is one thing I've learned about God and I mean it with all due respect. God doesn't bless anguish. God doesn't bless bitterness. God doesn't answer tears, God answers prayer. You got to be able to take those things and turn it into prayer. And when you go before heaven and you pray, God answers prayer. He'll wipe away your tears. He'll heal your pain. But the only thing that God answers is prayer. And I'm here to tell you in Jesus' name, pray about it. Stop complaining about it. Stop crying about it. Start praying about it. And watch what God does when you pray. Give him praise in this house. Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Whatever you ask in prayer, believing you have received it, and it shall be yours. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything that goes against our human will. I get anxious about everything. I get, and, and I let it brew in my mind. I let it brew, and I start, I, you, you, I, I can fix the world's problem. If my mind, like, if my thoughts could ever, like, be published, like, I got, I got answers for North Korea, for Trump. I got, I got answers for everybody. But the things brewing in my mind do nothing. I can get upset at somebody. I can let that thing brew and brew and brew. That does nothing. But when I take it before God in prayer, he hears my cry. He hears my need. And the, not only does he hear it, he answers what I'm praying about. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. The Lord is near to all those that call him, Psalms 145 and 18. And the Bible says in verse 19 in 1 Samuel, the Bible says, God remembered Hannah's prayer. It doesn't say he remembered her tears. 
It doesn't say he remembered her pain. It says the Lord remembered her prayer. And in due time, she gave birth to a son and she named him Samuel. For she said, I asked, another translation says, I prayed to the Lord for him. If you're in this sanctuary and you are the Hannahs that I'm talking about, both male and female, or maybe you're tuning in to the Facebook livecast later on. Here's the word of, the, uh, the word of heaven to you today. You've watched everyone else get blessed. You've watched everyone else prosper. You've watched even those close to you walk in blessing. And you've waited and you've watched and you've cried and you've hoped and you've anguished. You've been confused. You've been perplexed and even bitter at times. Here's the word of the Lord. Pray. Nothing else. Just pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray until the bitterness turns into a prayer. Prayer until the tears turn into more prayer. Pray, pray, pray. And when you have nothing left to pray in English or in Spanish, pray in your heavenly prayer language. Let me tell you about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you speak in other tongues as the initial evidence. But let me help you today. God did not baptize you in the Holy Ghost so that you would speak in tongues one time and celebrate it as some kind of Holy Ghost birthday as if as if it was just a one one time event and then you forget about it. When God baptized you in the Holy Ghost, he gave you access to a fountain of perpetual power that you can access every day. And when you pray in that prayer language, you're making intercession before heaven. The Bible says that when you know not what to pray, the Spirit makes intercession for you. So when you don't know what to pray about, speak in other tongues and let the Holy Ghost pray for you. Let the Holy Ghost make intercession for you. You know what I learned about speaking in other tongues? This will be a little bit of a nerd thing for you right now. There's someone who doesn't speak in tongues. His name or his title is the devil. He doesn't speak in tongues. That's heaven's language. To know that language, you got to be part of the kingdom of heaven. But your father who is in heaven, he knows what you're saying. So when you, when, when God baptizes you, this will be a little bit of a nerd thing. It's okay. But when, when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's almost as if God gives you code. So when you know not what to pray, pray in your heavenly prayer language. And God says, I know exactly what you need. I know exactly what you're praying for because the Spirit has made intercession for you. I remember when I was getting in trouble, when I was a young person and I was doing things, I just, I don't remember hearing, I, I don't remember understanding what my mom was praying. But I remember the groans, I remember the wail, and I remember her praying in other tongues. You know what she was doing? She was making intercession in the Spirit. And the Holy Ghost knew what I needed in my life. The Holy Ghost knew what I was going to need. And the Holy Holy Ghost made a way where there was no way because my mom didn't just cry about it. She turned to prayer and God turned things around. I have lived through literal hell the last four years. And you say, how have you survived? Because we had a prayer life. We learned to pray. I'd get those babies when we were at home. Come here, all three of you, run up here really fast. I'd pray every day, even when we didn't feel like it, even when things didn't make sense. I'd get a hold of them and I'd pray. I'd say, God, good things are going to happen to my kids. I declare the blessing of the Lord over them. I declare they're going to graduate high school. They're going to graduate college. God, you're going to do great things in their life. I rebuke premature death from our bloodline. I declare we're going to live long, healthy, prosperous lives. I declare you're going to do great things over their life in the name of Jesus. And I made sure that they heard me pray. Why? Because they heard me complain. They heard me cry. But I want them to know that when you pray, God turns things around.
You make sure that your children hear you praying. You make sure that your husband hears you pray. You make sure that your wife hears you pray. You make sure that in your household you speak the language that moves the heavens and the earth. Pray, 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 and watch God move on your behalf. Stand with me in this house. When 2018 began, we had had kind of a weird watch night in 20, watch night, you know, New Year's Eve 2017, going into 2018. We're in Chicago, and I had just flown home from preaching. It was kind of a weird, whole hum, whatever, just kind of a weird, depressing, whatever day. And I remember when 2018 started, I grabbed these three babies. You remember that? I prayed. I said, God, this will be the best year we've had in a long time. Good things are going to happen to the Suarez. You remember that, Zach Zach? I said, good things are going to happen to this family. This will be the greatest year we've had in a long time. We're going to laugh like we haven't laughed in a long time. Good things are going to happen to us. Good things, good things, good things. And God sent incredible things to our lives. And he did it when we prayed about it. When we prayed about it. We prayed about it. They have to learn. If they don't learn, you know, I speak, I speak. I speak Spanish because I heard my father speak Spanish. My mother always talked to me in English. But I speak Spanish because my father spoke to me in Spanish. You don't learn the language unless someone speaks it to you. I learned to read in Spanish because I had a bilingual Bible and I, I had to read it in church. The language of the Spirit. If our young people and if our children, if they don't hear the language of Pentecost in their homes, they will lose the language. They will lose the language. And I am making sure that not just these children right here know the language of Pentecost. But one day when she's 52 and a half and has her first baby. <laughs> I'm not making, I'm, 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 I'm making sure that not only do these three babies right here speak in Holy Ghost tongues, I'm making sure my grandchildren know the language of Pentecost. I want my great-grandchildren to know Pentecost. And the only way they're going to learn it is if I speak it. I want them to know that when hell rises up against them, they can pray. And when you pray, God turns things around. I want them to know that their last resort is not complaining. I want them to know that when they pray, God answers from heaven. about a lot of stuff and I pray about a few things and I've made I, I, I have determined I'm going to pray more than I complain I'm going to pray before that waiter brings out that food I learned that from Morton Bustard Brother Bustard taught me when you go, if you ever go to a restaurant with Brother Bustard he doesn't wait till the food comes out as soon as he puts the order he'll say now Lord, we don't need the blessing here. They need the blessing in there. We bless the food in there in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and when the food comes out, it's always good because he sent the blessing in there. I don't let those babies go to school without praying over them. I didn't walk into a marriage without praying about the marriage before the marriage. Well, I don't know. Well, if you'd have prayed about it first. I got seven people in my family. I need a new car. All of a sudden, that Mustang isn't big enough for the seven. But 
I didn't pray before I bought the Mustang. I'm going to pray before I get that next car. Because I'm not just going to have faith to buy the car. I'm going to have faith to make the payments, hey? There's so many things in our life that frustrate us that are as simple as one prayer. One prayer. Just taking it to God in prayer. And watch as God turns things around. For that person that's in this room that's upset because of something on your work site, because someone else got the promotion and you didn't, and you really deserved it, and I'm not making fun of that. You really did deserve it. But somehow your application, your whatever, it went to the bottom of the pile. Pray about it. Before you turn that application in the next time, pray over it. Father, if the apostle could lay hands on prayer cloths and they could heal the sick, I pray the favor of God over this application. Somehow it's going to rise to the top of all the other applications. Father, when they read this application, something's going to stand out to them. They're going to be drawn. You say, that's crazy. No, that's faith. Pray about it and watch God do it. Pray over those babies every day. I pray the hand of protection of God over them. I pray the angels of the Lord walk with them. God goes in front of them. The angels of the Lord around about them. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. Pray about that and watch God do it. Watch God do it because you prayed about it. We need a revival of prayer. I got the Holy Ghost November the 24th, 1989 in an all-night prayer meeting and I'm not suggesting you got to pray all night but I'm just telling you, you got to pray about it. One of the mentors in my life named Bishop, Bishop T.F. Tenney. Bishop Tenney used to say, he said, I can't pray an hour but I don't let an hour go by where I haven't prayed. He is always talking to God. We'd get in a taxi in New York. Lord be with us in this taxi in Jesus' name. We'd go to the restaurant. Lord be with us in this restaurant in Jesus' name. We'd go to do a taping. Lord be with us in this taping in Jesus' name. We'd be walking down the street. Lord, you're with us now in Jesus. Everywhere we all day long. We were just talking to God. Talking to God. You know what happens when you do that? It's as if we go back to our original order. It's as if we go back to the Garden of Eden, like Adam and Eve, because that was God's original purpose for his creation to commune with you to walk with you I want to walk with him I want to have communion with him I want to have fellowship with him and that's as close as being one prayer away I hear the spirit tell me to tell someone you are one prayer away not one complaint you are one prayer away from the miracle that you have been believing God for and I don't care if you prayed 9 years, 10 years, 12 years, or 12 months, or 12. I don't know how long you've been praying, but don't stop now. If Hannah would have stopped, there's no Samuel. But she pressed on in prayer. There's a Hannah in this room that needs to hear the word of the Lord. Don't stop praying because you might be one prayer away. The Bible says that in due season, Hannah did not walk into Shiloh alone. In due season, Hannah didn't have to walk in alone. Hannah walked in dragging a little baby Samuel with her. She used to have to watch everyone else drag her children. She used to kind of just cower and walk them. This time she walked in like Lion King. Hey, my Kenya, see my Kenya. Like when Lindsay walked in that Sunday. Hey. Hannah walked in showing the goodness of the Lord after everything Hannah had lived through, after all the ridicule, after all the lack of faith that her husband had. Hannah came in saying, look what the Lord done. Look, the Lord answered my prayer. I'm prophesying to you that in due season, you're going to walk into this church with a Samuel. And when you do, you better walk in with thanksgiving. You better walk in with praise and talk about, I turned to prayer and God turned my situation.
you're one of those Hannahs or if you're believing God for Samuel, at the count of three, I want you in this altar. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray about it today. We're not going to let it fester in our mind. We're not just going to complain. We're going to pray about it. And I believe that before this week is over, there's going to be multiple people testifying. I turned to prayer, and look what God did. I turned to prayer, and God did this, and God did that, and God did this, and God did that. I was preaching in San Jose. I'm not about to receive an offering. Disclaimer so you don't get scared. I was preaching in San Jose about the power of faith. And there was a little lady that came forward. I, we had called for a special offering. A little lady came forward. And she, in faith, she said, I'm believing for such, and I declare it so in Jesus' name. She came back to the revival two, three nights later. She said, I pledged $100. She said, I had $143 in, the, in my account. She said, and I had to buy groceries. She said, but I didn't want to look. She said, so I gave the 100 I had 43 left. She said, so I went to the ATM to pull out those 40 because you know when like you're down to your last 40 somebody always like charge you 60 like Blockbuster will pop out of nowhere and be like oh yeah you owe us 60 from 10 years ago so she said I went to get my 40 immediately she said but I checked my balance just to make sure I can't make it up it's true it's verified it's written and there's a video of it somewhere on YouTube she said when I went to check my balance to make sure I had $40 she said I didn't have $40 she said I had $40,000 in the account and she said, I thought it was wrong. So I went into the bank. I said, I need to talk to a personal banker. I thought I had $40 in my account, but my account says I have forty-two dollars or $43,000. What's going on? And the lady said, well, ma'am, you do. You have That's your available balance. She said, how can that be so? And the lady said, well, were, were you expecting a judgment in your favor? And the lady said, well, I have something in court from some child support and some stuff that's due to me. But she said, that's been in court for five years. That money has been owed to me for over five years. And the judge told me that I'd never see that money. And, and I, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. So she called her lawyer. The lawyer said, guess what? The judge just retired, and when he retired, they had to wipe away the case. They had to give you your money. There's $42,000 that's just transferred to your account. Because a little lady in faith believed and prayed and acted. Now, I'm not saying that to coerce you into an offering. That's not why I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that today so that you know that when you pray, God turns things around. And if he does it for some random little lady in San Jose, why won't he do it for you? Why won't he do it for your marriage? Why won't he do it for your children? Why won't he do it for your ministry? Your kids might be one prayer away from coming back to the things of God. Your marriage might be one prayer away from having the fire that it used to have in it. You might be one prayer away from being under the anointing of the Holy Ghost that you used to experience before. You might be one prayer away from shouting and worshiping God the way you used to. You might be one prayer away from a job promotion. You might be one prayer away from what you've been believing God for. So I wouldn't just hope I pray at the count of three, if you have that kind of faith, I'm waiting for you in this altar. One, two, three, come now. Come now, Hannah. I'm calling for the Hannahs. Come, Hannahs. That's male and female. It's the people that are believing. But we're going to pray about it today.
Let's do it two ways. Let me pray a prayer of blessing over you. And then after I pray that prayer of blessing over you, for the next few minutes, as Jesus said, let's make this the house of prayer. After I pray that prayer of blessing over you, just begin to pray. Begin to intercede. Speak in other tongues. If, you, if, if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and you speak in tongues, pray in your heavenly prayer language if you need. But pray. Let's intercede for the next few minutes. And then let's watch what God does right now and what God's about to do over this next week. Let me pray over you. Father, I come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, believing and knowing that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask and think. Father, in your wonderful name, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I speak the blessing of the Lord over these people. The blessing of Jehovah Jireh. The blessing of Jehovah Nisi. The blessing of Jehovah Rapha be over them. I declare increase and abundance, healing and prosperity, joy in the Holy Ghost. I declare the Lord is their strength. The Lord is their banner. The Lord is their healer. The Lord is their refuge. The Lord is the one that makes a way where there is no way. I ask you, oh God, to command your blessing to come upon their families, upon their marriages, upon their children, upon their money. I ask you, oh God, to command your healing virtue to flow through their bodies, flow through their mind, and flow through their soul. I ask you, oh God, to command your anointing to come upon their ministry, come upon their heart, and come upon their soul. I ask you, God, to baptize this house with goodness, with mercy, and with riches. Let this be the greatest season that Life Church has ever walked in. Let this be the greatest season that these families have ever walked in. I can ask it, I declare it, I decree it, I ask it to be so in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now as these singers sing, just pray about it. Talk to God right now. Come on, you've talked to everyone else. Now talk to God about it and watch as God answers. Watch as God answers. Just pray about it.
you press forward here to the center of this altar, I want to pray for you now. I feel the gift of healing flowing in the house. If you need healing in your body, I'm waiting for you right here in this area. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. The Bible says if there's any sick among you, call for the elders. And when you pray the prayer of faith, God will answer. God will answer. I was in Mazatlan, Mexico just a month ago. Healing crusade. We saw over 2,500 people receive instant miracles. We saw people come out of wheelchairs. We saw God do great things, great things. And it happened when we prayed about it. We're going to pray for healing right now. And I believe that when we pray, the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous is going to avail much in this house tonight. It's going to do a lot today. If you have faith to believe for the miraculous, to believe for healing, would you stretch your hands over them and just create a canopy of prayer. Begin to pray prayers of healing. Now, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the authority of your word, by the power that's in the name of Jesus, I command healing and I command miracles to take place now. By the laying on of hands, the power in the name of Jesus and the anointing that's about to flow, healing come, miracles come. Let it take place now in Jesus' name. Receive it now. mighty name. The fire of the Holy Ghost touches you, heals you, and makes you whole. This is how I fight my Holy Ghost, you'll never be the same after today. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in Jesus' name.
this house, let's just begin to praise the Lord together. Come on. God has spoken such a powerful word. We bless your name. We bless your name, Lord. We bless your name. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We praise you, mighty God. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I, I don't know about you, I can't speak for you, I can only speak for me, but God really reminded me today that there's some things that I used to believe in before that I, if I'm just being transparent, that I stopped praying about because I thought it was dead and I just thought it was over and it was it's just not been on my radar. But God spoke to me today and he asked me, he said, do you still believe? And can you still pray? God talked to me about a lot of things, but you know what? It comes back. We said it in the beginning before Pastor Suarez even spoke. We fight our battles with the word of God and with our worship, but with our prayer. And when he talked about at the end when he talked about it becoming like it was in the garden. When Adam and Eve would just, I mean, I wasn't there, we weren't there, but they would just walk around and talk to God. Like he was just there. And they would just talk to him. And they had this reciprocal relationship. And when he said that, it just hit me. And I said, God, that's what I want with you. I don't want it just to be a, an exercise in, in religious behavior. I don't want it to just be something that I check off the box so I don't feel guilty because I haven't prayed in a while. I don't want I want it to really be me and you, God, walking around, you talking to me, me talking to you. Prayer. Father, awaken it in us. Reawaken it in us. Help us to not grow weary in praying. Help us to not lose our faith. Even when you don't answer the way we want you to, help us to not give up and to stop praying and stop believing and stop trusting. God, help me to continue to pray the prayers, that the desires of my heart, and to still trust you to do your will, no matter what it is, God. I thank you today for your word. I thank you for your power and your presence. We ask you to move in this place. Continue to go with us, Father. Those that are praying for miracles, God, help them to continue to believe you for the miraculous. And we give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope to see you back Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Thursday night, 7 o'clock, Friday night, 7 o'clock, Sunday at 11. God bless you. Have a great week. I'll see you in just a few days. Amen. Let's have revival this week.